This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. They tried to make me go to rehab, I said no, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back, no, no, no. I ain't got the time, and if my daddy thinks I'm fine, they tried to make me go to rehab, I won't go, go, go. Good evening, and welcome to Hook. Joy 94.9's program about addiction. Research shows that the LGBTI community has addiction problems of at least twice that of the general population, and we want to explore why and how this has come about. There are many suffering addiction and many more that are affected by those in active addiction and people that are grateful in recovery. My name is David. Tonight, unfortunately, Russ is away and uh, Paul isn't able to come in either tonight. But uh, Russ, if you're listening in, hopefully you'll be feeling well soon. What are some of the reasons behind this problem of addiction? Are there pathways towards recovery and change? How does addiction affect loved ones, family members and partners of those in active addiction? I'm not an expert in this field, but uh, just someone that happens to be in recovery. We believe that there needs to be a conversation in our community. And if you'd like to join us in that conversation, you can SMS us on 0427-JOY949. That's 0427-569-949. Or email us at onair at joy.org.au or hooked at joy.org.au. If you're experiencing immediate problems or if content of this program raises issues that cause distress, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. That's lifeline.org.au or Beyond Blue on 1300 22 46 36, which is beyondblue.org.au. Now, earlier this evening, I was able to catch up with Dr. Grant Blaschke, and he's from uh, Beyond Blue, and he's a spokesperson for them. He's also a GP in St Kilda in one of the big super clinics, so he's right at the coalface of uh, looking after people, um, you know, certainly those that are disadvantaged in St Kilda, being in a, a bulk billing centre, and what a great guy he was to talk to. Uh, I'm going to play an interview with him that uh, Paul and I were able to get earlier this evening. Three million Australians are living with anxiety or depression. Beyond Blue provides information and support to help everyone in Australia achieve their best possible mental health, whatever their age and wherever they live. Tonight, we're joined by Dr Grant Blaschke, Lead Clinical Advisor at Beyond Blue. Welcome, Grant. Thank you. It's great to have you in the studio. We've been looking forward to talking to you about Beyond Blue. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you actually do at Beyond Blue? Yeah, so my role is I'm a clinical GP, half my week, and the rest of the time I'm at Beyond Blue mm. providing a clinical advisor role. And so this means as clinical issues come up or particularly commentary about uh, mental health issues, I'm very involved in that part of Beyond Blue. How long have you been involved with Beyond Blue? 18 months and really proud to be involved. It's a, an amazing organisation and obviously very valued in the community and, and a really lovely way to spend the day and yeah. help out in the community. Specifically just Victoria? It's actually Australia-wide. Right. Um, and it's enormous organisations. And we have our phone service has 170,000 calls coming in. Wow. 
um, every year. Mm. We have a very active forum where people are chatting about all sorts of themes online. Now, this is an online forum, isn't it? It's an online forum and it's you know, got more than a million people sort of just chatting away about different sort of sub-themes. And I mm. think, you know, at the moment, the way sort of people's way of engaging goes is they like to chat to people who've yeah. had a very similar experience to them. Absolutely. You know, that's sort of worth more than looking at a very dry, you know, wiki page or something. They, they actually want to hear... That, that oh, connection well, with somebody else. Yeah. what shared you, their experience. Well, exactly. We've talked about mm. uh, the opposite of addiction is connection. Yeah. And mostly... Peer group support services help people in addiction more than anything else. So that's mm. conclusions that we're coming towards mm. on this program on Hook. Tell me, how is Beyond Blue funded? Uh, so we're funded by a mixture of government funding and enormous community support. Lot, we have a lot of very generous people out in the community that have fundraising events and that want to you know, commit to supporting Beyond Blue. I have to say I've worked in a number of public health areas and one thing you find with the mental health area is there's enormous goodwill out there. Yeah. So yeah. if I do an interview or I go and ask someone if they can help, they're like, sure, love to help you. Mm. Because the truth is almost all of us, if we haven't personally experienced a mental health issue, we don't have to think too hard, family, mm. friends, to know that this is just something that affects so many Australians. Who are some of your patrons at Beyond Blue? Well, um, we have a number of patrons, but I, I was uh, chatting earlier and I'd like to mention that we've got Julia Gillard. Yes, I saw a, a recent video with Julia Brilliant job. She's fantastic. Mm. She's our, our chair. Mm. And I think sometimes, you know, you forget just how good some of these politicians are. Yes. And I think she's doing a wonderful job post-politics yeah. mm -hmm. to be a great advocate out there for Beyond Blue. And lending her support and time to Beyond Blue. I mean, you know, it was funny because I was watching The Drum the other night mm. and Amanda Vanderstone was on it and she mentioned that she'd been a previous board director. Oh, so right. there's obviously some very high-profile people that have just gone, as you said, people say, oh, look, you know, I really want to help out this is and a worthy support. cause. Yeah. So they find ways of engaging with Beyond Blue. Well, it's interesting. When I'm teaching the young doctors out at the university, you know, rather than put up a bunch of sort of statistic slides, yeah. I go, just have a think about your family barbecue. And, you yeah. know, we're talking about two million Australians every year having an anxiety issue, one million Australians having a depression issue, so you don't have to think far. The other thing I'd say is I work as a GP, as I mentioned, and mm -hmm. the most common GP consultation now in Australia is a mental health consultation, wow. which is really quite a big change. Yeah. Um, and that's certainly what I see in my practice. You know, people have obviously have physical conditions mm. as well, but I think they're much more open. Well, that, that was what I was going to say because there was a time when people didn't talk about that stuff. Mm. They just sort of battled through because it was seen as a sign of weakness perhaps. Mm. But uh, I think that this conversation that we're now having in the community, has, as you say, it's brought people to see GPs and, and other medical and mental health professionals and, and it's really getting it out in the open, which is yeah, for I everyone's think, benefit. I think quite a few things have changed. It's interesting. Mm. My father uh, worked as a GP in the 60s and 70s mm. and we've actually given some talks together about how much attitudes to mental health changed. So, you know, you, you, in 1965, there's no way on earth mm. a big burly guy is going to walk no, into no, no. a GP clinic and go, 
oh, they might have depression. You know, <laughs> it's not going to happen, no, right? No, no. Whereas sitting in uh, my general practice, very upfront discussion, mm. not always. Like mm. the guy, some of the guys are still pretty guarded and, yeah. you know, worried about stigma and things, but much more likely to say, listen, I can't sleep or having a terrible time at work. I think I might be, I've got a mental health issue. Mm. My partner's that I have to come in or, you know, <laughs> so yeah, all these stories. Yeah. And also you're in St Kilda, which is pretty well at the cutting phase. Yeah, look, I work at a big bulk billing clinic, so, yeah. you know, that's a pretty good option for people that are under the pump with no yeah. income. And um, so, you know, we often do provide quite a good service for people where they're looking for assistance. I'm a bit of a fan of GPs. You know, mm. we're far from perfect, and I think it's like all professions. You're going to have your good eggs and your well, bad eggs. Right. Yeah. But I think some of the advantages of, of GPs is that they, we get to know people for a long time. Yes. Um, you know, so you know someone 10, 15 years, they know their own sort of little ups and downs mm. and they're what we call a relapse signature. So, you know, when people are well from a mental health issue or an addiction issue, we'll, we'll say, now, listen, what are going to be the warning signs for mm. us when you're, you know, the wheels are starting to fall down. off? Yeah. You know, let's say didn't sleep for three nights. That would be a good one. Or, you know, had two nights in a row where I couldn't remember where I went out to, you know, or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, but yeah. for each person... You, you have this sort of lovely uh, long-term knowledge about them. Yeah. Which is great when people actually come and visit their GP. We talk about a first strategy if you feel that you may have a problem with addiction is to go and visit your GP and we still say that all the mm. time. And, of course, then you can always get a mental health plan or you can at least discuss and be honest with your GP as well. Yeah. But with uh, Beyond Blue, of course, it's a totally different kettle of fish because... Uh, people may not feel like actually going and talking to their GP. Back in the 60s and 70s, we didn't have the World Wide Web. We certainly <laughs> couldn't go onto uh, a website like, such as beyondblue.org.au and explore all sorts of mm. different options. Now, uh, you mentioned you're getting how many people again on the, the website per uh, year? So now the website at the moment is getting 12 million people in the last year have been wow. to the website. So it's absolutely enormous. It's huge. Um, and there's a couple of features on it that, are particularly popular because we can, you know, have a look at which sites are mm. getting, which pages are getting looked at. We've got some quizzes on there. Yeah. So Good. there's like a mental health quiz yeah. where you can get a little bit of feedback. Not going to diagnose you, but it'll tell you, Give you, know, you an indication. mild, moderate, hey, this is severe, you might mm. need something more urgent. As I mentioned, we've got the forums, uh, 1.2 million people a year, and the phone lines, which are extremely busy, 170,000 calls. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, that's an awful lot of calls per year. If um, I ring up on the phone line, what happens when I call? Well, we've got trained counsellors, and I think, you know, they are trained in basic mental health skills. Yeah. Importantly, they know how to navigate the system. Mm. And that's one of the trickiest things for people is, oh, where do I start? Who should yeah, I well, go that's to? The thing. Yeah. Um, they also do have additional training in LGBTI issues. Right. Beyond Blue is really upfront about our support of the LGBTI community. Mm. Um, you know, we were very uh, vocal. Yes. Marriage equality, which is not the end of it, but that was a good start. It was, yeah. Um, <laughs> and we know that although most people of LGBTI background are mentally happy, healthy, mm. that the, the, the research, the stats tells us there, there is more likelihood of mental health issues. It is yeah. a bit of a risk factor. And a lot of that is to do with 
our society still having a long way to go mm -hmm. on discrimination, mm -hmm. on stigma. It's still unfortunately alive and well. You know, so the, be the more work we can do on that, we see it not only as an important moral issue, but literally helping improve mental health of community. Grant, you mentioned before that the rate of anxiety was about 2 million? That's right. In the Australian community, there's, in any one year, about 2 million people with an anxiety condition, which is really a lot of people That's when you think alarming. about That's quite alarming. That's, you know, almost 10%. So that is a lot of people. And have you found, has there been a connection that you found between the anxiety and addiction, such as uh, alcohol use or drug use? A absolutely. Yeah. See, what happens is we know that a lot of people with mental health conditions, particularly men, but generally, mm. people try and self-manage their conditions. First thing to say is stressed and being stressed out is yeah. non-anxiety condition. Like, who's not stressed out sometimes? Mm, like, sure. We've all got pressure or work yeah. and relationships and... People are annoying us and we're yeah. all in it, right? But with an anxiety condition, that's a bit more pervasive. You know, mm. your mind's really racing. Um, you can't relax. Mm. Often um, there's different sorts of patterns of it. Some people sort of get panic attacks. Yeah. Some people have a more sort of social anxiety, like they're really worried about going out, even going out to a cafe when it gets yeah. severe. And then what happens is probably, you know, a lot less than half of those people will get any professional help. Mm. So wow. either it spins out of control a bit with their work yeah. or their relationships mm. so, or very often they try and self-manage it. Mm. So what's the first thing? Often you go and have a drink. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking let's social go and have a drink. That'll take the edge off. Ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we're going out, let's, let's go for it. Yeah. And then they, over, you know, they drink a lot. Sort of, it does temporarily work. Well, that's right. So that, 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 I suppose, provides a bit of a, a positive feedback loop in that they, oh, I'm a little bit more relaxed now, I'll, I'll keep it up and, and keep having a drink. And then what happens, unfortunately, is that they get a little bit dependent on it. Yeah. And, and then they, you know, we find that people come in and they say, listen, I felt good that night, but I you know, can't remember what happened last night and I've been drinking quite a lot lately and it starts to actually make things worse. Yeah. So that's well, it sounds like a runaway train where you become more anxious and therefore you're going to have to self-medicate again. More. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know from speaking my own personal experience when I was in active um, alcoholism that, that I was having panic attacks and that I would drink more uh, thinking that that was helping and in fact it was making it much worse. I haven't had one since... I stopped drinking, so... That's really interesting. Well, there you go. I mean, it's so common. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing that, I guess, breaks my heart a little bit is we've actually got great treatments mm. for anxiety. Like, if you go along to a GP, GP might do a blood test, just make sure there's nothing physical that got tipped up. You know, maybe you've yep. got a thyroid problem mm -hmm. or something else. And then they can do the GP, mental health plan, mm. and you go off to a psychologist... And they have a look at how you're thinking about things. And yep. they go, oh, listen, you know, you're, you're black and white thinking, you know, mm. all or nothing thinking, or you're catastrophizing. You know, a little thing happens and you... Blow or very out. often, you know, with a sort of depression, you're paying out on yourself too hard. Yeah. You know, you're being too unkind to yourself. Let's change your thinking. And these techniques work really well. Mm. Now, not everyone wants psychologists and people love their phones and yes. these days. <laughs> There's some really good online free treatments now. Wow. So, for example, there's one called My Compass or Mind Spot, which you can just enrol on. And it's really quite sophisticated. And there's good research studies showing that 
You can genuinely improve your anxiety by engaging with one of these online therapies. So not everyone right. has to go to a clinician. Mm. It's pretty. It sounds counterintuitive because you think, oh, don't you need a person? But in fact, they're quite effective. So there is cool. uh, mm. one more actually uh, that I've noticed, which is the Beyond Blue app. And uh, that's a pretty amazing app too. I want to talk about that a little bit further into the program, but uh, I've, I've had a look at this Beyond Blue app and it, it talks about putting a plan together and sort of certain strategies and ways that you might want to actually look at what you want to achieve and uh, it, it's a, a brilliant one. We're, there's some great reviews on it as well and we, we will come back to the app a little bit further on to this show. When it comes to LGBTI services, there's quite an extensive section on the Beyond Blue website do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, look, I think Beyond Blue has been unambiguous in really supporting the LGBTI community, mm. in recognising that as a society, we've still got a long way to go and we still do need to, you know, work on discrimination, institutional discrimination. You know, we need to try and reduce that stigma more mm. because we know that that is making you know, is impacting on mental health yeah. um, of yeah. everyone, you know. The only thing I would say, I do have a little bit of hope for the future. Mm. Um, I have a nephew. What's his name? His name's Remy. Yeah. And he's a terrific young fella in Western Australia. And he, um, you know, came out, he's only 18 now, yeah. but a couple of years ago. And his mates and his school have been fantastic and he runs wow. a support group at the school for LGBTI students. And I'm thinking, what a contrast to when I was at school in the yeah. 80s. Yeah. It's just chalk and cheese. Like, huge, there's no way... Huge turnaround. And he's very comfortable in his own skin. Good he's, on you, Remy. So, you Hello, know. Remy, if you're listening in at the moment to Hooked. Uh, it's great to hear about your story as That's well. That's brilliant, though, and, th and that is indicative of this, as you say, this movement towards total acceptance, but we've still got a, f a little bit of a way to go, which is Definitely. Great. If you actually go to the beyondblue.org.au, there is a whole section on LGBTI issues. You can check out Families Like Mine, which is a guide for parents and families of LGBTI young people. There's also Rainbow Families, which is about the unique experiences, joys and challenges that Rainbow Families and same-sex parented families can have. And also Wingman. Wingman yeah, is like a, a great resource too. Mm. What can you tell us about Wingman? Well, Wingman is really recognising that, you know, mental health issues do occur in the LGBTI community, often looking out for your friends, for your mates, yeah. and raising the issue if you're worried about their mental health. It's got a whole lot of tips mm. about practical things. So it's a little bit like being a wingman when you're out at a club or a bar or something, rather, with a mate of yours who wants yeah. to pick up another guy. <laughs> um, you can sort of be a wingman, but this is more geared towards being a wingman if you think that maybe somebody's struggling or having problems. That's right. And look, it is a delicate issue and, and you've got to pick your timing and your moment if mm. you want to raise it with a friend. And you, we find with a lot of men in particular, doing something else, while you're doing something else and having a bit of a chat mm. can be quite a good way to do it. But also you might start by saying, look, you don't quite seem yourself lately, just checking that everything's okay. Yeah. You know, obviously it's got to be authentic to the way you yeah, chat yeah, yeah. with your friend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you don't want them to go, oh, have you been listening to one of those Beyond Blue <laughs> podcasts? <laughs> you know, like it needs to come across in a way that you feel comfortable with. Yeah. But sometimes just asking the question, 
how things going, and you might be surprised. Mm. And the other thing to say, if they do start talking, don't feel like you've got to jump in and quickly fix all their problems. Just listen. Yeah, try to just restrain and mm. just listen and hear where they're at. Because somebody might actually be exposing to you things about themselves that they actually haven't told anybody else. Absolutely. And look, all of us walk around with, you know, a little bit of a, a superficial mask. How are yeah. you? Oh, terrific. Oh, great. great. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> but if you just give people a bit of a moment to just sort of actually talk about where they're at, first of all, might be a great opportunity. You might say, listen, why don't you go and have a chat to your GP? Get one mm. of these GP mental health plans if, mm-hmm. if you're not. Maybe have a look on the website. If they've already got you know, they're aware that they've got a mental health issue, there might be some practical things you could do. You know, like often for people who are having mental health concerns, they tend to withdraw Mm. and that can be a bit of a warning sign. They're not going out and they might not, you know, be engaging. So you might schedule, catch up once a week. Yeah, let's go and have coffee once a week. Every Tuesday at 10am, for instance. Absolutely. Like I think the scheduling thing's a really good trick because yeah. it means you don't have to, you know, it's a lot of energy for someone with a mental mm. health issue. It's that they just know, Tuesday I've got coffee. Yeah. With David, that's great. It's happening. I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. I'm getting booked up on Tuesdays at the moment. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, look, it really is giving a practical uh, way of making sure that people become connected. So if you want to go to the Beyond Blue website, you can check out Wingman, of course, Rainbow Families and families like mine as well. Uh, they're great resources. Uh, as you say, you're getting so many people engaged with that Beyond Blue .org.au website uh, every year. Now, if I'm a part of the LGBTI community, do you know anything about whether people will actually make the call, specifically from our community? Because we we had an interview with Rachel Bowers from uh, Lifeline and she said some of their research had shown that many people in our community are uh, reluctant to call because of judgment and uh, all that sort of stuff. Look, I think there's always a bit of a gap between, you know, this utopian idea Mm. that we're all super comfortable talking about mental health and it's all pretty easy going and the reality, which is, you know, people are worried they're going to be judged as weak or, that you know, that people will think they're not very capable. Mm. I mean, we have a whole big section at Beyond Blue which called Heads Up, mm-hmm. which is about people with mental health issues at work. Right. Because, you know, we spend a huge a chunk of our of time most at work. Yeah, life. And, you know, so... And we have a big discussion on there. You know, should you tell your boss? Should you not tell your mm. boss if you're having mental health issues? Is it going to affect if you get promoted, you know? And it's a balance too. Yeah. Um, it depends on your workplace. So I guess I've be, I've got a foot in the real world as well as the ideal, mm-hmm. which mm. it, it might be embarrassing. It might be something that you, you're not that comfortable to talk about. So I think the thing is that if people know there's help there, that yeah. they can actually get better, then it's worth it. And there's lots of evidence now about these online treatments, about the GP mental health plans and going to a psychologist. Mm. Or, you know, for some people with more severe mental health issues, and we know in Australia, a lot of people will use medications as Mm. well. So, you know, we don't want people to be on antidepressants or anything like that unless they need to be. But certainly for people with a much more severe end of problems, there's good evidence that it's really helpful. We were talking about uh, young people, certainly those identifying as LGBTIQ+. There is a service called BU, which is a school-based service. Yeah, so Beyond Blue's worked with Headspace which a, right. and also Early Childhood Australia and pulled together all the mental health resources for the schools. So there's a big project called BU. 
mm-hmm. and basically it's a massive educational program for all the teachers mm-hmm. on mental health issues because after all that's where all the kids are well that's right and there's a lot in there as well about lgbti q plus issues so that you know the teachers have a sense of it because it's a pretty stressful time yeah, sure. for being you know, at school well being at school generally and being at school if you're sort of having some thoughts about your gender identity and where yeah, you fit and yeah. everything emerging so, sexuality all of that yeah stuff. I, mean, I mean i think for everyone at that age it's quite a big yeah. thing but i think particularly if we can help the teachers a bit to recognize health no, issues help deal with it yeah exactly so that's what that program's about and it's in more than 4,000 schools around the country now wow um and it's really i think a great program now of course we wanted to talk extensively about the beyond blue app now there's the beyond blue app and the beyond now app uh yeah so the beyond now app is the um app that's designed for suicide prevention mm-hmm. um so it's a bit of a heavy topic it is it but you know we need to talk about it because the reality is unfortunately in australia we've got more than three thousand suicides a year which mm. is you know more than double the road toll so as although it's a sort of an upsetting topic we're really keen to talk about it mm. Beyond Blue has worked with Movember and come up with this app called Beyond Now. The Beyond Now app, it's free. Mm-hmm. Already 70,000 people have downloaded it. And as a GP, when I'm chatting to patients, they'll download it while we're in the consultation. Sure. And what it does is in your pocket, you have a plan for if you're having suicidal feelings. And wow. you know, suicidal feelings are quite common in people with mental health issues, mm-hmm. but some important things about it. Often these feelings will come and go. Yeah. And our idea is how do we keep you safe? Make sure you're okay until you're feeling a bit better mm-hmm. and they will go. And so the app allows you to put in your own warning signs, make sure that your environment is safe. Mm. You can actually download photos and videos and audios in the new version of the app to sort of remind yourself wow. why, what are your reasons for living, yes. you know, why yeah. I shouldn't hurt myself. Whether it be a photo of one of your pets or your family members or loved ones. Or exactly, yeah. Or, you know, it might be a little bit video of yourself telling mm. yourself why you need to look after yourself. Yeah, <laughs> you know? brilliant. Um, but it also has, you put all the numbers in of people you might call because we don't really want people to be on their own when they're having these sort yeah. of feelings. Yeah. All the professional support numbers are in there. The recent update of the app has made it uh, much easier to use mm. and you can also personalise it. Mm. particularly LGBTI uh, involvement and consultation to make it look a bit cooler, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but also um, there's a version of it for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. Brilliant. So, you know, yeah. it's like these days people like to personalise things. Yes, very much. So I'm finding in the clinic it's a great resource mm. and obviously people are voting with their feet that they're downloading it. Yeah. There's some research done now that this sort of approach to suicide prevention is very helpful. Yeah. Helps yeah. people just to hold themselves through that. Yeah. I mean, this day and age, having bits of paper with a suicide prevention plan yeah. on it, I mean, much better in your phone. Absolutely. And and the thing that I think is, is such a hook is that it's individualised, like you said. So you've got your photos the photos that you choose to remind you of how good life is Mm. and the numbers that you need of your friends. So it it gives it something that 
I think that generic piece of paper is missing, which is which is so good. I think that's absolutely true. And, and I guess to people listening out there, you know, if you are feeling really at risk, it's really important to get help. Go yeah. immediately to your GP or you can ring Lifeline, 13114, or call the Beyond Blue phone line mm. as well. But, but also mm, just having that app on your phone is a little bit like a bit of insurance or yeah. a little bit of a reminder. So you can just download that quite easily. If you just go to your app store and you can do a search on that and put it in there. I've seen some reviews. Will it save my life? It already has, but I can't say it'll work for everybody. This is just another formula for more user-friendly in app form compared to the tonne of paperwork I have at home from therapists on suicide prevention. Thanks, Beyond Blue. Also, things like this is such a brilliant app. You just never know, and it's perfect to have those tools on hand, which is what we're talking about. Thank you, Beyond Blue. This is exactly what I need right now. Uh, You know, so you can certainly pop it into your phone and just carry it around with you, which is so important to have another tool in the program to be able to avoid those sorts of things. Also, Grant, I was just wondering, uh, you mentioned earlier on in the uh, uh, tonight about how people support Beyond Blue. How can we support Beyond Blue if we're yeah. not in crisis and we're not thinking yeah. about those sorts of things, but we want to actually do something to help Beyond Blue? Yeah, look, we're lucky. I mean, I've never worked for an organisation that's got such lovely community support. Mm-hmm. And we have people support in lots of different ways. So So, you know, they might want to make a donation online. They might want to hold a fundraiser. We have lots of groups that, you know, will organise a fundraiser or a tractor drive or the most extraordinary ways of of having... I never thought of a tractor drive, but I never (laughs) thought of actually just holding a fundraiser. It could be a, you know, it could be a Tupperware party for all that matters, but uh, you can always do something more social to help Beyond Blue. That's right. We've got a volunteer coordinator. We've got a group called Blue Voices, which has got 8,000 people on it. Mm. And these are people who are experienced mental health themselves, mental health issues, and they become our sounding board. Keep yeah. us honest. So anything we awesome. do, we go, what do you reckon? Is this good? Have we got it right? And and so, uh, you know, you might want to join that if you've been, say, on the forum for a while and you go, mm-hmm. listen, I want to get a bit more involved. For people who want to go out and talk about their experience, we have a speaker's program. You might arrange as well to have a speaker come and talk at your school or your workplace. So our our approach is the more we're talking about this, you'd be surprised, you know, there's someone out there, they go, oh, gosh, I'm not the only one going through Mm. this. There's Mm. amazing treatments. I need to get on the front foot, be a bit more open about this. And that's that's what we're about. Thank you so much for your time and your advice tonight, yeah, Dr brilliant. Grant Blaschke, our special guest here on Hooked on Joy 94.9, lead clinical advisor to Beyond Blue. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks, Grant. Thanks a lot for having me on. What a great guy. It was so good to catch up with him. Um, Grant actually, as I said earlier, he's a GP at a super clinic in St Kilda, so he does uh, bulk billing medicine right on the coalface. He also is a great ambassador and also advisor for Beyond Blue, which is an organisation, of course, we always talk about uh, if you do need some immediate help or if anything triggers any problems with you, always ring Lifeline and, of course, Beyond Blue. Those two are amazing organisations. We've talked to um, Lifeline before and Beyond Blue now tonight, uh, but they're always there and uh, their online presence is amazing. You know, to see that uh, the forum on Beyond Blue is actually getting over a million people involved every year is 
astounding. Uh, and also that app that they're talking about is a great way to, you know, have a little bit of assurance on your phone as well. So it was good to hear about that. And of course, he also lectures at Melbourne University and does an awful lot of media as well. So we were very, very lucky and very appreciative to have him on tonight. Now, the other thing I wanted to have a quick mention about was we normally have an addiction of the week and uh, we, we don't have it every week, but we have covered an awful lot of uh, addictions. We've covered porn, uh, Facebook and Instagram addiction, inhalants, chocolate, a bit of shopping back around Christmas time, smartphone addiction, exercise, obsessive love, caffeine and nicotine, and also AML, uh, which is probably in the news again because uh, things are being done about that. Um, and look, I was just wondering if there are any addictions you'd like us to cover that we may have missed so far, uh, send us a message. Uh, you can email to hooked at joy.org.au. Uh, we're always looking for your input uh, on future stories to cover as well. And it would be great to find out what you'd like us to cover in Addiction of the Week. It's not something that we take lightly, but it is uh, interesting to see how different addictions will manifest themselves uh, in the people that follow them. Look, it's a lonely place in the studio tonight by myself. Uh, Russ is still feeling a bit ill and Paul unable to stay for the show, although he was in earlier for the interview that we did. I do have some news items tonight. So um, they've all actually come from a the ABC. And uh, the first one I've got is, does the colour of your alcoholic drink affect your hangover? Now, hangovers are awful, with nausea, pounding headaches and an abiding sense of doom, just a few of the commonly reported symptoms. But it's no, uh, the secret to avoiding or mitigating a hangover um, is it as simple as just changing the type of alcohol you do, that you drink? While it's true that what you drink might play a big part in how rotten you feel, the next day it's not the biggest factor. The amount of alcohol you drink has much more influence on the outcome. Now, there's always been talk about um, the chemical warfare due to fermentation. And one of the things is congeners, which are a byproduct of the fermentation process. Uh, they're not all bad, and it's what gives alcoholic beverages some of the unique flavours colours or aromas. The darker beverages tend to have more cogeners, uh, things like brandy, uh, has more than, let's say, vodka, and wine has more cogeners than clear spirits, and red wine has more than white wine. Uh, but some people find drinks with more cogeners make them feel worse the next day than drinks with fewer. But another contributor to the morning after horrors is uh, acetaldehyde, uh, which is produced when we metabolise metabolize alcohol. So um, some people have different reactions to that. And also histamines in red wine can make some people uh, who experience hay fever feel miserable the next day as well. Uh, the main factor determining whether you'll get a hangover and how much you drink, however, is and how quickly you drink it is. So uh, how much you drink and how quickly you drink it will effectively uh, change uh, the way you're going to have a hangover. And according to the Australian Government's Health Direct, you can lessen the impact of a hangover by taking simple measures such as not drinking on an empty stomach, drinking slowly and drinking plenty of water in between alcoholic drinks. But the best way of avoiding hangovers and any potential long-term damage from alcohol is to only drink small amounts of it in the first place. Now, the second news item that I have here is about crocodile, which is a Russian... It's been described as the Russian flesh-eating drug, um, and it has made a rare appearance in Australia. A young man recently turned up at a rural drug and alcohol service in New South Wales seeking 
help because of an infection in his arm. He said he had injected the drug crocodile or crocodile, which had not previously been reported in Australia. It's a street name for desimorphine, a semi-synthetic drug that has similar effects to heroin and morphine. Uh, and it's called semi-synthetic because it's created in a chemical process, but it's made primarily from a drug, usually codeine, that comes from the opium poppy. The short-term effects of crocodile include relaxation, euphoria, slow and shallow breathing and pain and swelling at the injection site. And of course, the long-term effects can include blood clots, swollen, uh, swollen veins, severe tissue damage, skin and muscle infections that cause black or green scaly skin around the injection sites. So that's probably why, you know, we're, we're sort of getting that, um, that sort of crocodile skin around that area. Um, the main thing is that uh, in 2006, police and health representatives said there were no reports of... 2016, I should say, no reports of crocodile in Australia, although the media had warned of the possibility. Drug monitoring programs haven't reported crocodile use. The appearance of crocodile in rural New South Wales has probably got more to do with an entrepreneurial drug dealer making up for the shortage of opiates than the widespread manufacture and use of the drug. Uh, also, there was a great news item about uh, whether the AFL needs to look at whether it has a gambling problem. Now, of course, in the news this week, there was uh, quite a bit of news about young Collingwood star Jaden Stevenson for placing bets in three matches in which he was playing. Uh, and it was found that he'd placed three same-game multi-bets. And he's been suspended for 10 games with another 12 um, suspended um and fine $20,000. It says apparently he's still available for the finals or eligible for the finals. But anyway, that's another story. That's a sports story and that's not to do with us. But at the same time, sports players with potentially high salaries, a lot of unstructured time, high levels of exposure to gambling advertising are certainly at very high risk. Uh, reported gambling problems vastly underestimate the unreported problems, uh, the article says. And of course... Um, AFL players are not immune to gambling addiction. Um, if you do read this story, and we'll put a link up on our podcast, it's actually quite interesting how um, AFL players do engage in gambling. I mean, I, I think I was reading about uh, how many of them would be on the massage table or with their phones out. Let's say there's 20 of them being massaged with their phones out and probably two or three of them are actually betting on matches. That's, that's what the report says anyway. Uh, the last article I wanted to touch on was about... Uh, Faye Lawrence, and she's founded a non-drinking social group. So quitting alcohol can be socially isolating, but a non-drinking club is offering sober fun and support. After quitting, quitting alcohol, Faye Lawrence feared her social life was over. She founded her own non-drinking social group, Untoxicated. I decided to set up Untoxicated because I couldn't find anything to do on a Friday or Saturday night that didn't involve alcohol, she told the 7.30 report. I was like, you can have fun being sober. I refuse to accept that society says that you're boring now, uh, that you don't drink. So I thought, let's smash a few perceptions out there. The group has quickly grown since it started in Brisbane in early 2018, now boasting more than 1,100 members and recently opened a chapter in Sydney. Ms Lawrence's motivation was to create a booze-free social network to help her with her own recovery from alcohol abuse. She had considered herself a high-functioning drinker because she was running a successful small business, studying and raising children, but in reality she needed help. 
Now she's been sober for a year and a half. I'm 45 now and I started probably drinking when I was about 15, she said. I've got alcoholism on both sides of my family. Heavy drinking was the norm for me. Um, but at the end, I was knocking off a lot more than that. In 2017, she was admitted to a drug and alcohol withdrawal service run by the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital. I realised that I couldn't do it by myself, she said. It was really humbling. It was quite distressing for me. Uh, and it was a turning point. Untoxicated appeals to a wide range of people, from those who've had alcohol addictions to the sober curious. We have people who might just be having a break from alcohol. They might be trying to cut back. They might not drink for religious reasons. They may have grown up with parents that were alcoholics, she says. A couple of women who said to me they like coming, they do drink, but it means they don't get hit on by drunk guys out at the pub and Lee Anderson, who'd been a regular since he joined in January, has given up alcohol and relishing having a healthy alternative of what was happening with many of his mates' catch-ups that only revolved around having a few too many. Most males, when we go out, we really don't catch up for morning tea or coffee, he told um, the 7.30 report. It's generally go to the football, have drinks, go to the cricket, have drinks, go to the pub and play pool and have drinks. And it's very big of a uh, big part of our culture and been a big part of my life from school age, that male bonding that changed for me in this group. Uh, somebody else, Helen, um, has only been a member for a month. She was a secret drinker for years, hiding bottles of wine around her house and getting drunk without her family knowing. They got used to me being being this bubbly person, but I was always drunk and that's all I knew how to do, she told 7.30. I had a family and I did the, the basics like cooking, but everything else dropped off. I drink, uh, sleep for four hours and then wake up and then just cry and then have to hide that. Uh, she only recently sought treatment for the first time after going into a, a residential rehab for alcohol abuse and she realised social isolation was a key factor in her addiction. Um, yeah, so they mentioned that there are treatments for alcohol abuse which are on the rise um, and it's it's a great uh, story because it's, it's something about somebody uh, flipping sobriety on its head and coming up with a very empowering idea and it's a great idea because it's not all doom and gloom and, uh, you know, uh, people can still have fun uh, and you get to choose as well. Okay, well, we hope that you've enjoyed tonight's show and remind you that if you are experiencing immediate problems or if content of this program raises issues that cause distress, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14 or Beyond Blue, our guest tonight, 1300 22 46 36. It's important to move away from self-destructive reasoning. Recovery involves breaking the cycle of addiction, removing the trigger of negative thinking and restoring us to emotional sobriety. One of the greatest highs in life is feeling good about ourselves. Always remember that none of us are alone in this world and that the first step in recovery is to ask for help. We want our community to be one of hope and we look forward to your company next week as we continue to explore addiction on Hooked. Meanwhile, it's goodbye from me, David. Goodbye. You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.